You're listening to Titan Internet Radio, broadcasting 24-7 from the library basement of California State University Fullerton. Chipotle check, check, Chimichanga, Tabasco from Chipotle. The views and opinions expressed in this program don't express the views of Titan Radio, Titan Communications, CSUF, or any of its affiliates. I mean, you can say what you want, be yourself, but just don't be it. Titan Radio would like to thank Golden Voice for its continuous support. Check out goldenvoice.com for a full list of events. If you're interested in sponsorship opportunities for Titan Radio, contact titanradio-gm at fullerton.edu or call 657-278-5505. Titan Radio. Titan Radio. Titan Radio. Titan Radio. Titan Hey everyone, it's Selwa. Hi guys, it's Laiba. We are two college friends and your hosts on Couple of Buds Ready to Bloom. This podcast is where we have unfiltered conversations about our cultural and religious upbringings, how it has shaped us, and lessons we've learned along the way. Follow our Instagram at Couple of Buds Ready to Bloom for weekly updates and more information about how you can participate in our episodes. Welcome back, everyone, to our third episode. Today, we'll be discussing our cultural backgrounds. So as children of immigrants, we both grew up with one foot in each culture, American and ethnic. We have always had this duality and sort of conflict of fitting into two worlds, kind of like Hannah Montana. And it definitely has an effect on our identity and how we perceive ourselves in American society. So we're going to start off by introducing our ethnic backgrounds. So I am Pakistani American. Both of my parents were born in Pakistan before they immigrated to America. Um, what about you, Salwa? I'm East African. I am Eritrean and Ethiopian American. My mom's from Ethiopia and my dad is from Eritrea. I just want to add collectively, both of those countries, they have similar cultures. So they're both known as Habasha. If someone is from that region, they're called Habasha. Interesting. Very interesting. So growing up, Selva, how has culture affected your upbringing? Well, it's interesting in my case because both of my parents left their countries so young due to like war and conflict. So they've kind of absorbed different cultures from different parts of Africa like Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Sudan. So I feel like that's kind of come on to me too. And I've grown up with um, a bunch of cultures in my household and I feel very comfortable with um, different cultures. And like, I grew up with uh, like hearing the Egyptian dialect of Arabic. And I also grew up hearing Tigrinya, which is the native language of Eritrea where my dad's from. And 
like my mom used to watch Egyptian soap operas and I would watch them with her as a kid so I'm kind of like I picked up things like here and there of like different cultures and we sort of like made that into a whole picture I don't know if that makes sense but yeah it does it does just been taking yeah for me growing up my father came to the U.S. at a young age too he came when he was 18 with his brother and so he came here attended community college went to a university graduated um, and went back to Pakistan and got married to my mom and then my mom came here with him after that. So um, my father has been living in the U.S. for so long where it's not that he's forgotten his culture, but we, him and I are very familiar with the American culture because he too was at my age here, you know, brand new to a new country, learning um, a new culture along with implementing his own from mm-hmm. Pakistan. So um he's he's very well known and my mom you know has picked up a lot of things over the years as well and so I grew up with learning Urdu as my second language so I spoke English and Urdu at home uh, mainly Urdu that's how I communicate to my parents and that's how um, my siblings and I communicate as well or at least try to um and you know I I am my mom cooks Pakistani food almost every single day um, she does mix it up every so often. We'll have different cultural foods, but our main diet is Pakistani food. So culture has, my Pakistani culture has definitely been a big part and affected my upbringing because I, you know, learned Urdu after I was born along with English. So I, I you know, it's been a language that I'm very well versed in. Um, I am illiterate though. Like I can't read or write in Urdu. I can only, I can only speak and understand Mm -hmm. Um, but I would say I'm pretty fluent with um, informal Urdu if you were to talk to me in like formal Urdu there are words that I might not know but I will probably pick them up and use context clues to understand but Mm -hmm. I am fluent and so um, also with clothes my mom you know would dress me up in, in Pakistani clothing for like Eid, special events and stuff like that. So um, definitely was immersed in my culture at a young age, which I appreciate a lot mm-hmm. today. Um, but it really wasn't till later where I really began to appreciate it. Um, so mm-hmm. I knew I was Pakistani American, but I didn't appreciate it, you know, until I would say um, maybe after entering high school. Lafalwa, did you grow up immersed in your culture? How immersed were you in your culture? How were you brought up? Mm-hmm. I'd say that culture was a big part of my upbringing, but it was also kind of different. Let me see how I can explain this. It's like I wasn't fully immersed because the culture was already kind of diluted, like with my parents leaving their country so young. So mm-hmm. um, we did have we did have um, traditions that we, you know, were a part of. And, um, you know, although like, I didn't fully grow up traditional, like we still were like a big part of the community um, in, in California. And, um, you know, like our tradition showed in the ways that like we greeted our elders, we had my mom cooked habitual food like all the time. And um, 
we've grown we've grown up like you know eating that spicy food and loving yes. it and yes you know spice spice tolerance is very high mm-hmm. very and you know we've gone to weddings where you know we've done like traditional dances and worn like the jewelry we get our hair done we we have um we get braids you know like now it's like they call it cornrows here but like mm-hmm. in Tigrinya we call it um conano mm-hmm. and um so you know we get our hair done really nice and braided and even in the way that we raise children like culture's also been a big part of that um and like in the sayings that my parents would use around the house would yes. be like a mixture of Arabic and a mixture of Tigrinya and English but at home we mostly communicated in English um though like I did learn a little bit of Arabic growing up and for Tigrinya I can keep up a basic conversation but like that's it and I can understand I understand more than I speak and I can't really read it even though I did try learning it for a little bit my mom tried to teach me Uh, Urdu a little bit (laughs) (laughs) I didn't pick it up class yeah I took a class with my uncle it's actually kind of interesting and the letters they all like it's it's a really easy pattern to pick up I feel like I just need to stick with it and I'll be fine um interesting yeah yeah I feel like it's the same way um with you where I didn't really like appreciate the culture until later and especially since I haven't had an opportunity to go back and visit Eritrea or Ethiopia. That's been a little more difficult for me to like relate. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for sure, I've grown a love and appreciation for it. Like I've always had that, like since I was a kid, because, you know, it's my culture that I was raised in, like in childhood. Um, but, you know, seeing that difference between American culture and Habesha culture it's super interesting and just seeing like where I fit into all that and and I've definitely grown to appreciate my culture more. 100% and yeah I have to say as a child too I would visit Pakistan often I would say we would go every two to three years. Um, I had one of my birthdays over there we threw a birthday party I have a lot of memories as a kid um, going to Pakistan and you know when when you're a kid you know school's not a big responsibility yet and at the time I was the only child this was before my younger sister was born and even after my younger sister was born I was still in elementary school so getting homework to take to Pakistan wasn't a big deal so we would go every two to three years and we would stay for a while we would stay for a month or two Um, Mm -hmm. and whether it was for a wedding you know I went to my uncle's wedding I attended my aunt's wedding as a kid and uh, and another uncle's wedding later so, you know, being there with my family and it being immersed in the cultural culture hands on was very nice because I had my grandparents, I had my uncles, my aunts and my cousins who taught me a lot of my culture as well. And I mean, I mentioned this in an episode before I was the only family where my parents at that time before my uncles immigrated here as well. So being here with only my parents as, as to rely on us closer. And we weren't really that kind of connected to a Pakistani community yet. Um, that kind of came when I moved to my new house. We 
have so many people in our community that are Pakistani and close by. Um, and so it's it's easier for me to kind of appreciate and, and learn my culture more um, now than it was back then. But yeah, being in, in Pakistan, I have to say, was a big factor in maybe how I grew up and how I learned to appreciate it because I would come back and my friends at school would be like, you know, how's Pakistan? I've heard this, this, this and that, but they don't know because they haven't been hands on. So I'd be like, no, it's amazing. It's beautiful, you know. And the other thing that I remember as a kid that relates to my culture and that I really appreciate and I really miss because of COVID in LA every single year on Independence Day, like Pakistani Independence Day, they would throw a Pak Day LA. Um, and I remember going every year, so much fun. Uh, there would be so many vendors selling kamishalwar, which is like our cultural clothing and jewelry and different vendors sending selling um you know Pakistani food there would be like a mini concert they would usually have like a singer from Pakistan fly in um for oh, the concert wow. I know and so there were a couple years where we had like really cool people and so I remember attending Pakde LA and having so much fun growing up um and that was another appreciation that I had towards my culture and like another opportunity for me to be very proud and happy that I live in a place where I kind of, you know, am unique in a way. I have a different side of me, my Pakistani side that I, you know, get to kind of um, share and, and appreciate. And embrace, yeah. And embrace, yeah. 100%. Wow. That's amazing. I hope, inshallah, I'll be able to visit Eritrea and Ethiopia someday. Inshallah. It's a little unstable, but hopefully, inshallah, someday. But yeah. yeah, it definitely depends too, because my mom traveled a lot when she was younger um, because of her father, my grandfather. And um, so she's been all over Pakistan growing up. So she, she has been immersed in, because Pakistan within itself has multiple ethnic groups. So um, mm -hmm. you have Northern Pakistan, you have Karachi, which is um, South and near the coast. You've got East and West. And so it depends on where you are in Pakistan too. Um, and that it can really affect your language because Pashto is also another language that's spoken in Pakistan. But I think that's more towards the Afghanistan side because Afghanistan, mm -hmm. um, there's a part of Afghanistan that also speaks Pashto. Um, and then, you know, you've got Urdu. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's different ethnic groups within Pakistan as well. So I think that's also interesting to note because they have different foods. They have different clothing, like styles. Obviously, there's mm -hmm. a, there's a, I mean, there's similarities between all of it, but it's what makes them unique. You know, they have their unique styles. Yeah, that's so interesting because um, I know that in Eritrea, we have like multiple tribes and I know, I forgot what tribe my family, like my dad said that we were from, but um, it's really interesting because they all have different styles. They all have, um, some of them speak different languages, but then there's that still like overall like Tigrinya language that's spoken um, throughout Eritrea. Mm -hmm. And Ethiopia too, they have different um, tribes and different people in power. Um, so it's really interesting to see how 
there are differences within the countries themselves. I know, and, and how so different people can be. Yeah, exactly. And so we're here in America, and people are like, "Oh, you're Pakistani," and they generalize us, but they don't know there's a deeper history and there's a deeper cultural root that is embedded within our um, our ethnic culture. There's so many different um, ethnicities and different cultures within Pakistan and Eritrea. How do you say? Yeah, Eritrea. Eritrea. Um, and so it's you can't generalize it here either. Hello, Titans. Remember to keep an eye on your campus email for new information regarding the coronavirus. You can also find an archive of updates at coronavirus.fullerton.edu. I know we talked about, and this episode is really about how we kind of are fitting into two worlds the American world and the American culture and our kind of ethnic culture and our identities from our parents' culture. And so, Salva, how has the American culture maybe affected your view on your own culture? I have to say that, like, when I was younger, I didn't, people didn't really view me as, like, Eritrean or Ethiopian. A lot of people didn't even know that I was African. I was more so seen for like my religion because I was visibly Muslim. Um, but I mean, there were times, you know, like when you're growing up, you're like, oh, why can't I do this? Or why can't I do that? And then they're like, because and their parents are like, we don't, we don't do this or it's not okay. And um, I'd say like there were times where I was like, oh, like, why can't I just be like, like like the other people here you know yeah. I just live life like how they do it but um like as a kid I was like learning those like cultural differences and seeing like everyone's like boundaries and you know like the proper way to go about things um but I'd say like as a kid I wasn't too like um I don't want to say involved, but I wasn't too, like, self-aware of, like, my culture. Like, I didn't even really think too much about it. Like, it's just how everything was. It's just, it was just my life, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so I'd say how has American culture affected my view on Eritrean and Ethiopian culture? It's just opened my eyes more, especially since I've gotten older it's opened my eyes more to how beautiful the culture is and how beautiful the people are and um, like how much I need to cherish and appreciate the culture. Because mm -hmm. I feel like I didn't really do that as much as a kid. Um, but then also cherishing the religion too that comes with it because there's also like religious differences um, within like the culture. Um, but yeah, I, I noticed that. And that's also another part of where American culture conflicts with Eritrean and Ethiopian culture is because Habesha culture is super um, like family, like we're based on community and having that strong support. And I know like my mom would tell me stories of you know, like her childhood and like her, my grandparents and like how they live life. And they were super, super caring towards one another and everyone like knew everybody in like the, the areas that they lived in. And 
you know, everyone would come over with food, they'd have gatherings, we would, you know, like everyone just like loves on each other. And I noticed like a big difference between um, Habesha culture and American culture is that American culture is very individualistic. And I like, I have an example, like, <laughs> I'm super close with my cousins. I've mentioned this a couple of times in the past few episodes. And I remember someone told me, like, I used to talk about my cousins a lot. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, I would hang out with them. Like, you know, people would usually talk about how they hung out with friends and went on adventures with their friends. It, I would do it with my cousins. And someone commented to me, they're like, oh, you're really close with your cousins. And it really had me think. I was like, there's actually, there's people out there that are not as close to their family as I am, or like as, you know, my family is, or people from community-based cultures. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it just made me feel kind of sad. I'm like, I hope that you find that community somewhere, but because we already grew up with it and like that sense of community like ingrained in us. Um, so like growing up, I've had that tug between um, like, especially with my parents where I'm like between that individualistic side and community-based side and like trying to figure out how to navigate that. Yeah. And it, yeah. And I would have to agree with that in, an, in the American culture you have such an individualistic mindset as well. And I think family Mm -hmm. sizes are also becoming smaller. I feel like my family is super huge, especially on my dad's side. My family is very big. Um, My dad has four other siblings. They all have children and they all have three to five children. So in total on my dad's side, I have 17 cousins. There's 17 of us. And so we, and we're all varying in age, but we're close in terms of we like to catch up with each other. Even if we're not living in the same mm-hmm. country or in the same state, I will yeah. make sure to call. Social media has made it so much easier to connect and, and share things with my cousins. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's really crazy when I also would talk about, hey, I'm gonna go to my cousin's house for dinner. And they'll be like, I haven't seen my cousins for months. And I'm like, that's crazy, you yeah. know? Um, and they might live, you know, 15, 20 minutes away from each other. And I think in American culture, it's very popular to have family reunions and have big gatherings once or twice a year, depending on holiday or event um, or special occasion. I think in our cultures, we are more, um, we try to make it an effort to kind of stay in touch with people regularly Mm -hmm. and our families regularly. And I think that's also, that's also a little bit of a a religious thing as well because of how much value we put on family and our religion. Um, And Mm -hmm. I have to say a lot of Pakistani culture is also centered around around Islam. And uh, which is nice because there are things that tie nicely into Islam and culture, but there are things that also conflict uh, which we will get to in, in, a, in a different episode in the future. Um, and so I have definitely had moments where I have felt like American culture has, def- has very much affected and conflicted with um, Pakistani culture. For example, when I would go over to my friends' houses, I'm very formal with their mothers and their fathers. You know, I call them either if, if they're um, 
I know with Indian culture, it's very similar. We'll call moms, aunties, um, and uncles, even if they're not our re- like related uh, aunties yeah. and uncles. That's just how we label um, elder or friends' moms mm-hmm. or, or dads. Uh, and so if I would go over to someone's house that is not familiar with my culture, I'd call their parents, you know, by Mrs. and their last name or Mr. last name. And so I've had moms and, you know, other people be like, no, you can call me by my first name. And I, I've always found that so weird because I feel like I'm not being respectful or not being um, proper. And even at work, yeah. my manager goes by her first name. And I'm like, we have a very big age difference. Like I should be calling you by miss, you know, or missus, but I call her by her first name. And to me, it's, I've been working for what, over a year now. And to me, it's still so weird when I call her from her, by her first name. I always feel so bad in a way. I feel like guilty. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's definitely things that have affected and conflicted and, Mm -hmm that's where that's where the duality and and the kind of kind of struggle that we've had throughout the years of fitting into both worlds even if there's something in my Pakistani culture that doesn't kind of agree with American culture or vice versa Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like respect is very very big like in our cultures um like even just like how people talk to their parents. Like, I mean, come on, you've seen how people talk to their parents here. It's so different from like how we were raised. I feel like I've grown up like speaking like respectfully like, to my parents. I mean, and like my like, you know, aunts, uncles, like, you know, like we love them, we respect them. I feel weird like seeing other people just like I don't know walk all over their parents or not really like consider them or like their feelings and their thoughts I have yeah. had also, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say I have had friends who have kind of a business relationship with their parents in a way where they talk to them oh, about yeah where they talk to them about work or they talk to them about their e- events or whatever organizations they're involved in together it's a very kind of business and they kind of treat each other as equals in a way. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, that was very different to see and interesting to see because I'm sitting here like my mom's always the one giving advice. My mom's the one that I always feel like knows more than me and is very wise. But here you have my friend and her mom. They have a business kind of relationship. I don't know how to describe it, but the way they talk to each other, the way they address each other, it's almost like they're sisters instead of like mother daughter, or they're like business yeah. partners. That's I don't know. So... I feel like, um, like with me, like as I've grown older, like my relationship, like with my parents, has like gotten more like friendly. Of course, like there's still like that respect and like you know like that caring. Um, but yeah, like my mom, she'll like sit down and like watch my TV shows with me. Like, you know, we'll like hang out sometime. Um, Besties. Yeah, and like, mm-hmm, for life. For life. <laughs> and, you know, um, like going off of that respect, like in Habsha culture, if you enter a room and it's like full of people, you're going to like, you have to make your rounds. 
to everyone and like kiss everyone like on the cheek say salam to everybody mm-hmm. but, and if you don't mm-hmm. mom gets mad yeah. mom's yeah. like why didn't you go and say salam to everyone in the room and I'm like sorry yeah. or like the the older ladies will just like look at you and be like okay okay like your Americanness is showing <laughs> that's another thing too where we have difficulty with is when we're with in an American kind of environment such as school or work um, or in public sometimes I feel like I'm not American enough but then Mm. when I'm with people of my own culture Pakistani culture elders my grandparents um, when I fly back to Pakistan they'll be like you're too American or there'll be, I've had so many relatives that are so surprised when Urdu comes out of my mouth and it's fluent or I don't have an accent. And they're like, you know Urdu and you know it with the proper accent? How is this possible? And I'm like, probably because that's, you know, this is this is what the main language I speak at home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, right. so there's that struggle, right, of like, how like where do I fit you know and trying to make both work I've I've stopped trying I'm gonna be honest I have stopped trying I know that I will never be fully American I don't know how to phrase that but I know there's some things in the American culture society environment that Mm -hmm. I will always have difficulty kind of following or understanding what for example shoes in the house how do you feel about shoes in the house oh my god I hate it no, like, always right? take your shoes off before you get in that. Because that's what we've grown up with. And that's mm-hmm. what has been implemented in our household. So again, yeah. when I go to someone's house and they're like, no, you can keep your shoes on. I'm like, I don't feel comfortable doing that. I don't feel comfortable walking mm-hmm. on your carpet with shoes on. Like, to me, it it's wrong. Yeah, like, I mean, how often would you have to wash your carpets? Like, they get so dirty. It makes me uncomfortable. Just like that's- seeing people walk on their carpets with shoes or sit on their bed with shoes. Yes. Oh my God. I don't know how people do it, but they do it. But then again, they've grown up in that kind of environment and society and they, they to them, that's totally normal. And that's totally, mm-hmm. com- they're totally comfortable doing that. But yeah, again, and I know I will never fully be Pakistani because I haven't grown up there. I was brought up in America. So I know the language, but I don't know how to read and write. I don't know the full history behind Pakistan even though I have studied some of it. But again, mm-hmm. there's differences in, in how we implement things here than over there, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for me, I feel like I feel more American than Eritrean or Ethiopian. Um, and honestly, like, I don't try to, like, fit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like what you were saying earlier, um, like I didn't grow up in Eritrea or Ethiopia. I only have stories from my parents and, you know, like other relatives. And I haven't been there before and I didn't grow up there. Like my parents barely grew up there. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, um, and so I feel more American, but I do feel like somewhat of like a pride and like love for the culture, like 
my parents did bring back um, like traditions and like parts of the culture that like we implement and you know that we grew up with but I still feel more American and it makes sense because I grew up here exactly and like my parents were very influenced from like other like outside countries and like sources too um but yeah I'm always gonna have that love that appreciation but I just don't feel like a hundred percent Eritrean or Ethiopian and I think the important thing is not the fact that we fit in or not because American culture is also a kind of mixed pot um you know a mixed plate there's no specific American culture, but there are things that are kind of normal here that wouldn't be normal in other countries. So it's not the, the idea of really fitting into both cultures. I think what's more important is if you feel like you belong to both cultures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's important. And that's I feel like important. I belong to both cultures. Do you, Liba? <laughs> I 100% think I belong to both cultures. But yeah, I'm super proud to be American and super proud to be of Habesha descent. And that's what's important in the end is your identity and how you build your identity. And again, as we talked about Mm -hmm. in our last episode, it really does help to bring self-confidence as well um, within your identity. But you know, it's something I think about. It's like future generations, like my kids. I'm just like, I don't even really know like Tigrinya that well. Like I understand some of it and like Uh I can keep up a basic conversation, but I don't know enough to pass it down to anybody, you know? So I I don't know. So I feel like sometimes I feel bad. I'm like, oh my God, I hope the culture doesn't like die with my generation. Um, Yeah. But that just shows that I need to make more of an effort to like learn the language and, you know, and I'll always have the traditions that like my parents have continued and I'll, you know, keep doing that, but I don't want it to end with me, you know, first generation American. (laughs) I don't want it to end with me. So I'm going to have to put a little work in. Yeah. And I have that same thought as well. I have been lucky enough to be the first born in my family. So, and the first one born in America from my whole family, like extended family. But my parents did a very good job of implementing my culture in with my childhood at an early age. So I understand and speak Urdu fluently. I'm very comfortable with the food I eat. I'm comfortable with the clothes I wear. But I know with my youngest sibling, my little brother and my sister, they're a little kind of rougher on Urdu where they don't, they aren't as fluent as I am. They can carry a conversation, Mm -hmm. but there are certain words that they don't know. And that's also partially my fault is because I started talking to them in English because that's what, you know, we just, that's how we just kind of communicated between siblings. So my parents, my parents recently have been like, no, talk in Urdu, talk in Urdu, no English. Yeah, I feel like that's bound to happen. It's like, because you guys are born and raised in America. So like English is bound to like come up. Yeah. Um, but I actually, actually know, I knew um, a teacher who, she was Turkish and her kids spoke fluent Turkish. And she was like, she, she was asking me like, if I knew like my culture's like language. And I was like, oh, like not really. And she was just like, oh, you know what I do? She was like, I teach them Turkish at home and we only speak Turkish at home. English, they can learn it at school. They speak it at school. 
but at yeah. home it's just Turkish and that's how they brush up on their skills but I feel like I feel like that's a little too like harsh for me like my parents they just had a blend of everything like we mostly spoke English but like you know like phrases like if they're like upset or something you know we'll mm-hmm. we'll hear something in Tigrinya something in Arabic mm-hmm. and, you yeah. know there's just a mesh of everything and I kind of like that um, yeah and my cousins when they immigrated from here they had to go from speaking Urdu to English in schools so they had I wouldn't say a difficult time but it was definitely a trying time for them to kind of suddenly Mm. it was a culture shock as well coming and being born in Pakistan immigrating here totally different culture and so for them it's I think they had a way different experience than I did but at the same time I also went to ELD like English learners development as a kid in school and um I feel bad because my, some of my youngest cousins, they're, I would say two to five years old. They, one of them speaks pure English. She does not know a word of Urdu. And that's just because of the environment she's growing up in. You know, her siblings don't speak Urdu to her. And she goes to, she's at school a lot. She's at daycare and stuff. So she's very immersed in the English language. She can obviously understand because my grandparents Mm -hmm will talk to her in in Urdu and they'll be like you know trying to teach her but she is very much like an English speaking speaking child Um, Mm -hmm. and it's it's different it's interesting to see the different kind of generations within a same generation like the older the older cousins I'm on the older side and my cousin's family three um, being very immersed in the culture being very close to grandparents and everything. And then you have my younger cousins who are completely on a different spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. It's it's like that with me and my siblings too. Like mm-hmm. my grandma, she speaks, she doesn't speak English. So growing up, like, and she lives in a different state. So like when we would call her, um, my parents would always have to translate when we were younger. But like I picked up pretty fast and we'd have you know, like basic conversations, um, that flow. Mm-hmm. And um, so like, I got better at speaking Tigrinya that way. And, um, but like my sister and like my younger siblings, they struggle with it. And um, so it's been interesting to see that, like, they're just like, what did she say? Or like, huh? Yeah, yeah. The confused look and on some- their face. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes yeah. I feel bad. I'm like, I kind of wish I didn't have that language barrier like there were times where I was like oh like I wish like she just spoke English and I'm like I could I could learn a little bit of Tigrinya too you know mm-hmm. um, so yeah I always felt kind of bad about that language barrier because I'm like how much can I learn from her and like hear from her like if there wasn't a language barrier mm-hmm. but I, mean, I don't fault I don't fault anyone for that um, it's just now it's just something that I'd probably have to pick up on my own nice yeah yeah, and it's it's a it's something that we have to pull more weight on, and mm-hmm. we have to try to keep and keep that stuff fresh in our mind. It's easier when you're immersed in that culture completely, and that's your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But when you're living abroad, it's it's a different yeah. story. And now, like, like we've been like growing up under like our parents' like roof, and like we've been like immersed like in the culture. Um, 
So like now, like once we go like our own separate ways and like through our own journeys, we would have to choose to keep that with us and mm-hmm. continue to like implement certain traditions and parts of the culture, like as well as the language, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like what we're saying about Islam, like you're choosing to, um, you're choosing Islam every day and choosing to practice it every day. Also like similar to the culture where it's very similar because um, in Pakistan yeah, where we have to continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pakistan, the majority of the people living there are Muslim. And so you have mosques, several mosques, within a couple blocks of each other. It's not like you have one per city. Here, it's like you have one in your Blunda, one in Corona, one in Fullerton, one in mm-hmm. West, in Garden Grove. Like, they're so spread apart. And in Pakistan, you'd have a mosque, like, every two blocks. And, you know, you can hear the, you hear the Avan. You hear Fajr Adhan, it's, it's, it's always there. It's a reminder that's your lifestyle. Our lifestyle here is so much more different where we kind of have to go an extra mile to implement our religion into our lifestyle, mm-hmm. which is, it's, it's hard, but we do it because we want to. Mm-hmm. And I find that admirable because I guess maybe some people in like Muslim majority countries um, like might take it for granted a little bit but like we do have struggles like here in the west and in America that mm-hmm. other people might not have and like we have to um, be more sure of our identity and our religion and our culture and choose that every day and continue to grow and learn in those aspects Your friends at Titan Radio would like to remind you that all Black lives matter. The fight to end racism and instill equity at CSUF and across America is nowhere near complete. Please do everything you can to help fight racism in your communities. So we talked about a little bit about our cultural upbringing and how we implemented it in our households. How do you feel towards your culture currently? Currently? Mm -hmm. I've always loved my culture and I love it now um but it's like what I was saying earlier where I don't try to like impress anyone and like I've never been back home there's no one to impress um but like I'm not trying to fit into like a mold anymore you know Mm -hmm. like because like growing up there have been people that asked me like oh why don't you speak to Grinia why don't you do this why don't you do that or like try to tell my parents to like teach me and stuff but like at this point I'm just living like I'm living in my Americanness I'm living in my Habasha-ness and I'm embracing both I mean sure I might be like a little more American but I'm American with some flavor (laughs) and that's that's amazing and that's how it should be um, yeah. I definitely think growing up, I was more ashamed um, of the clothes mm-hmm. I wore, the food that I took to school. I would get asked a lot. I actually had a moment in high in sorry, I had a moment in middle school where I was talking with a bunch of people, and someone was wearing my friend was wearing like a gold necklace made of real gold, and I was like, you know, in Pakistan and in India, it's a big thing like gold and gold jewelry. And someone in that group was like, no, that's where terrorists live. And I, I was like, what do you mean? I was like, no, 
I have been to Pakistan. I have lived there for, you know, a couple months at a time, obviously. Like, I've visited so many times, nothing like that. And he's like, no, they live underground. And like, you don't know, you don't see them out in the public. And I'm like, how would you know something about my culture, my, my, the country that my parents are from, when you have no idea what you're talking about? The ignorance and arrogance that you are displaying right now is so horrendous. Mm -hmm. And I'm concerned for you and your future. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. And again, it had an adverse effect on me. I was like, this is what people think about Pakistan and the culture there Mm -hmm. and the environment there. Why? And so I've definitely have learned to love my culture a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. Recently, since I've had so many more Pakistani friends and we dress up together on Eid or when we have little gatherings um, before COVID, obviously, and we would take pictures and everybody loves her. Everybody now loves our dresses. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, I wish we could wear those and stuff like that. And so you see that kind of switch up real fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I see you. I, I see it. you. Yeah. And for me, like, like I've said, I've like always loved and appreciated my culture. But like when I was younger, no one really knew where Eritrea was. They only recognized Ethiopia. And like, I'm a quarter Ethiopian. So and I, and although Eritrea and Ethiopia have similar cultures, there's different languages. And I don't know Amharic which is the language of Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. So we have like different terms for like the foods and everything. And there's slightly different, a little slight difference in the culture, although it's mostly the same. But, and I felt more Eritrean, although I do have that Ethiopian side of me. And every time I would say, yeah, I'm from Eritrea and Ethiopia, they just latch on to Ethiopia. And I understand it's like, a lot of people might not know it because Eritrea is such a small country and they've only recently become a country, like I think in the 90s, like they've gained their independence. It's actually the Eritreans and Ethiopians that were fighting against each other. And Eritrea wanted to gain independence from Ethiopia. Um, and that's actually the reason why my parents had to leave and um, became refugees. But so I would always get that question, where is it? Or like, how do you pronounce it? And so I was just like, hmm. like, I guess I didn't really think too much of it. Like it was a little bit of a, like indifference, like what I said before, um, people didn't really see my culture. They more so saw my religion. So that's what, that's more so what I focused on mm-hmm. instead of like, like I didn't have to worry about people making fun of my culture. I was like, oh, people are going to make fun of my religion, you know? Um, Definitely had that too. Yeah. And I, it's kind of the same with me where, you know, India and Pakistan were once upon a time, they were same, the same country. Um, mm-hmm. It was after British colonization and the divide and the kind of war between the two um, and the conflict. And so every single time someone asks me, you know, where I'm from, which is a weird question because I'm from here. I was born in the U.S. And they're like, no, where are you from? And I'm like, do you mean where my parents are from? And they're like, yeah, like, what's, what's your, what's, you know, what are you? Just ask me what your ethnicity is, you know, ask me what my, where my parents are from. Um, and I'd be like, people, when they would guess, they would say you're Indian. 
And I'm like, no, I'm not Indian, I'm Pakistani. And they're like, where is that? And I'm like, right next to India. They were once the really? same. They were once the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, no, but like, they're close enough to India. And I'm like, no, there's a reason why we're a different country. We have different cultures. Mm-hmm. So I'm Pakistani. Yes, Hindi and Urdu are almost the same language. There are a couple of words. Obviously, the way you write both the languages are very different, but the way you speak it is very similar. I can understand Hindi fluently um, and speak as well. But there, you know, besides that, there are a lot of differences as well. Um, there are a lot of similarities because, again, it was only recently where they became two different countries. Um, but still, it's just I think it's it's I think it's yeah. the lack lack of um, knowledge because I know Pakistan yeah. is not that big in the news, and if it is, it's for a negative reason. Um, but yeah, I do I have definitely gotten attacked for religion a lot too. Like I don't know if you've had any incidents, yeah. um, but I have. Yeah, it's really just ignorance, and people don't really care to like learn, um, and they just like spew. Oh yeah, like nonsense. The, but, we um, had the we had the acronym "Think Before You Speak." I feel like a lot of people don't implement that. <laughs> yeah, people they don't think that deep. But um, what's wrong? Yeah, I remember one time I was coming back from like a little. I was coming back from like a little um like gallery where I was like looking at my art. I was like in fifth grade, and they just like displayed my art in like a little area mm-hmm. and then my mom and I were in an elevator with this white man and he's just like looking at us and I wore hijab at the time too and then um he just asked my mom he's like where are you from and then she's like Ethiopia and he's like oh welcome to America and makes this like huge like hand gesture and I remember that was like the first time that I really like had something like that directed towards me too and I just remember telling my mom that doesn't make any sense I was born here how can he say like welcome to like I lived here all my life yeah and then yeah and she's just like like just like ignore like he's just yeah yeah and I mean I've also had like other um like similar incidences where people ask me oh where are you from where are you from like even from other Muslims like I mean I understand like with Muslims, it might be a little different if, like, we, like, we understand each other a little bit, so they're just, like, sometimes you know where they're getting at, but, like, but, you know, it could come from there, too. Um, Sometimes it rubs off the wrong way. mm -hmm, Yeah, or sometimes, like, I see people staring at me, and, like, I forget that I'm, like, wearing hijab, (laughs) like, I'm just, like, okay, like, why are they looking at me, and I'm, like, (gasps) is it because I'm a hijab? And I'm just like, like, I remember this lady was just staring at me and I was like giving her a nasty glare. I'm like, why are you looking at me? And then she was, she was like, I love your, the colors of your scarf. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that's different. Like, especially since I lived in Texas, I was expecting more people to be like, aggressive towards me mm-hmm. and I was wearing like this like sp- I was young I was wearing this like sparkly like rainbow <laughs> as we all do when we're growing up exactly yeah and I was not expecting her to like give me a compliment 
and I mean, so that also goes to show like, you know, like that trust in people and it was kind of like fading, but then, you know, you build that back up and you try to give people benefit of the doubt, but don't mm-hmm. take stupid questions. I've had a moment in school that I remember to this day, even if it was said as a joke, I don't think at all it was appropriate and should never be said to anyone else. I am lucky enough to the point where I know I don't explode on people too often. Mm -hmm. Um, It takes a lot for me to get angry and I do try to be as kind as I can to people. I was sitting in class, this is computer science, again, a class full of all guys. I'm one of the only girls in the class. And the person in the grade above me in the back, sitting behind me, was like, hey, Liba. So I turned around and he was like, do you speak ISIS? And I was like, what? He was like, do you speak ISIS? And I just remember being like, I can't, because he was kind of laughing and the people around him were kind of laughing too. And I was like, I can't tell if he's joking or if he's like trying to be serious. But I was like, either way, it's not an appropriate thing that should be said and directed towards anyone. So I just kind of turned around. And I I remember saying to him, I was like, I'm not going to waste my words on someone that should know better. I'm not going to waste my time, you know, getting angry on something that I I don't have the energy for someone like you who should be more educated. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like at that point, like, I guess just like don't entertain people and like don't entertain nonsense but some people are really like they just don't think like they think they're so funny but it's really it's really not it comes like, I remember off even mm-hmm, like even um I've even seen like some Muslims like it makes me so sad like they try to like um like get in with like the popular crowd or like um whatever like so badly that like they'll make fun of themselves or like take in like that hatred mm-hmm. like I remember um I think my freshman year of high school there were these kids that they would go to the restroom and like get all these like paper towels and wrap it around their head and be like Allah Akbar or you know like just act ridiculous and even like a Muslim guy was doing that I'm like are you serious I'm like do you know what your name is like you're representing <laughs> like <laughs> I'm like seriously those kids just, are the worst. Yeah. I'm just like, we need to do better. You're better than that. I know. I know you're better than that. Step up. Do better. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we've had a very good and an interesting conversation about yeah. the idea of our identity and kind of fitting into two cultures as we've grown up. Um, but now, as always, we're going to go ahead and answer some of the questions we got on our Instagram at couple of buds ready to bloom on our podcast. Yes. Follow us, follow us on our Instagram and let us know what kind of topics you'd like to hear us comment about and ask us questions there too. So the first question for this week was, are you guys going to have any guest speakers? Also, you guys are really pretty. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, so for guest speakers, we actually do have people in mind, and you'll find out in the next episode who we get. Yes, so we have a guest speaker for our our very first guest speaker for our next episode, inshallah, I'm very excited. Yeah, 
and hopefully we'll have more in the future and they'll talk about various topics. A hundred percent. Next uh, question we got was, congratulations, what topics are you guys covering in your podcast? We have a variety of topics. We've already talked about self-confidence. We've talked about social interactions. We've talked about our religion and our journey through religion. And we also have in this episode covered kind of our culture. We have a lot more planned stuff like um, inner child and kind of psychological um, Mm -hmm. aspects and how that kind of relates to Islam as well. We're also going to be talking about Eid and Ramadan. Once Ramadan rolls around and Eid comes closer, we're going to try to promote Muslim businesses. So if anybody has a business that they would like to promote, DM us and contact us and we'll do that. We're going to talk about some of the lessons we've learned in life and kind of compare um, culture and religion in different areas. Mm -hmm. So basically, our life lessons will be in this podcast and also just topics that we're interested in learning more about that we'd like others to hear too. And that's when we'll bring in guest speakers um, and have people talk about their experiences and their um, profession and like their field of work. Thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of our podcast, Couple of Butts Ready to Bloom. We're super excited for next week and our guest speaker. So stay in touch with our Instagram and that's how we'll keep you updated on everything that's to come. Mm-hmm. And hopefully soon we'll be answering questions for our next episode and for a live session. So be sure to answer and um, DM us questions at Couple of Buds Ready to Bloom. Bye, guys.